What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kinda Neat. First things first, follow me on Twitter, at It's Intuition. Follow my man behind the boards, Ben Shin, making the shit sound buttery, at I am database, base with two S's. Follow us as a unit, at Kinda Neat. Go to YouTube.com slash Kinda Neat or slash That's Kinda Neat. Either one will get you there now. Super official. Uh, and you can watch our guest today, Satire, perform Skeletons. Last week was a crazy busy week. It was the birthday week that I talked about two weeks in a row already if you've been tuning in. But I recorded those two podcasts, the last two, like right in succession with each other, like one day and then the day after. And so, um, yeah, the next day after I recorded that, uh, after we recorded that Rome Fortune podcast, which was awesome, I had that show at the Troubadour and it went great. I was so nervous. You could really hear it in the Penny podcast that I was like very nervous about the show. And um, it was because I had gotten an email like two days before the show where the booker told me, hey, man, uh, how do you think the promotion is going? I'm adding the inflection myself. But she's like, hey, uh, how how do you think the promotion is going? Because you've only sold 100 tickets. And I went, fuck, only 100 tickets. We had been promoting for damn near a month, and I was like, only 100 tickets are sold. The place fits a lot more than that. And so uh, I was shitting myself, and I went into panic mode. And, you know, my brain trust consists of, like, like the people that I talk to all the time is, like, Avocado, who's been on the show, Romo, who's been on the show, Adam uh, Weiss, who's been on the show, and Dom Cooley, who have all been on the show, right? I've had my whole fucking brain trust on the show. But, you know avocado is very much of a like ah don't worry about it and then adam and romo are they throw shows a lot and they were like you know helpful in in like well you know maybe you can do this or that and the other but also romo was like dude calm down like you always panic uh, right before shows which is true because i have a lot vested in the shows and so i tend to panic a little bit and he was like man it's gonna be fine and i'm like it might be fine, but I don't know if this time it's going to be fine. And I was worried because the last show that I threw in L.A. in October didn't go so hot at the Lyric Theater. It was not the best turnout for us. But we had just come off a strong showing in San Francisco um, where we had like it was our first time playing in that city and 250 kids came out. And that was amazing. Shout out to Speak, who played the show with me. So I was nervous because like L.A. didn't go that well last time. But I also it was just like a random show in October with no real reason and one of the guests on the show i couldn't put her name on the flyer because of other like bookings or something so it just like the promotion of that show just kind of fell through and i was really stoked on on the lineup of this one i thought that like michael christmas and neomza would just be like a really great show that and i thought that everybody that enjoyed us would like really enjoy them and they did they both killed it and it turned out that i had nothing to worry about roma was right the show ended up packed it felt really great the troubadour is such a great venue because the capacity there is 550 that's a lot And I don't know how 550 people could really fit in there because I'll tell you, like, after about 220, it feels really packed in there. Like, it feels really packed. And we had about 350 kids show up, which is amazing. And it looked really packed and it felt good. And I feel like the supporting acts, Michael and Yomza, had a great time and uh, got to play in front of a captive audience. And, uh, it was just so fun. It was so fun. And thank you, everybody that came out. There's one dude that listens to the show because he told me 
I listened to your show. I love kind of neat. And I can't remember your damn name, but I know your face in my head. I'm looking at your face right now. And unfortunately, him and his friend got their car towed at the show. And they were like, dude, like my car got towed and my wallet's inside the car. And like, I don't know how we're going to get to this place. Like, is there anything that you can, can, do you have any like money? Like, do you have anything that you can help with? And I was like, look, I gave him five bucks because I had five dollars in singles in my hand. I was like, here, man, I don't know. Like, hopefully this will get you somewhere. He's like, yo, do you think that I could get a ride to where it is? And I and I was like, well, where is it? And I looked on uh, my like Google Maps and it was just like a half hour in the other direction from where I was going to be going. And I was like, you know what? I love you guys that came out of the show. But I don't love you that much. I just can't do it. I can't drive you all the way past downtown Los Angeles to East L.A. where your car got towed. Like, that just seems like a lot. But the next day he tweeted at me and was like, yo, man, thanks for the five bucks. Like, I got my car back. Everything's good. So I'm stoked for him that he got his car back. That's good. Other highlights of that night. Let's see. I brought out my friends dumbfounded and wax and they both came out and had a good time jonathan caught the holy ghost and ended up doing an acapella in two songs and wax did an acapella and the song bad company that he did on the show and so i think that was like a cool little thing for everybody also last year on the birthday show right after the first song everybody sang happy birthday this time they didn't sing happy birthday to me till the encore i got scared that i wasn't gonna get happy birthday sung to me but thank you guys so much for doing that I don't know. The people that follow this show, the people that follow our music, best fucking people on the planet. I love them so much, and I'm so grateful for everybody that tunes in. And um, we had taken a while off, and, and today is the day that the Penny episode came out. Like, for all transparency, today is Wednesday. And, uh, oh, wait, no, today's Thursday. Uh, sorry. But point being is that the Penny episode just came out yesterday and people have been texting and tweeting and saying how much fun it was to listen to that episode and how sweet she is and so thank you guys for tuning in today's guest satire satire and i have known each other for a long time and he and i would both agree we never really we never got along that great like you know i think that we have mutual respect for each other but we just were not each other's cup of tea. We had like one weird interaction with each other a long time ago, right around the time that I first met him before I even moved to Los Angeles. So this had to be more than eight years ago before I even moved to LA. We had a weird interaction with each other at John, at Dumb's house. They were living together and I had said something that I kind of thought was a joke and then he took it real serious. And, and at, for a second I was like, wait, oh, oh shit, like are we about to fight? And we didn't, but ever since then we've always been kind of a little weird around each other. And today we didn't bring that up directly but we talked about it afterwards and i went and he was like i was gonna bring that up and i was like i was gonna bring it up too but i'm glad that neither of us did because fuck it because the conversation that we end up having is really really something sat had a life that i just didn't i didn't know that his history was like this at all and it was uh really moving and really surprising and just like this dude has been through some shit. I don't know. I'm really glad we had this conversation and I'm because it was cathartic for the both of us. And both of us kind of realized like we were probably like weird with each other because we're so attitudinally. <laughs> that's a sec term. Attitudinally, we probably have a lot in common. And that's kind of the thing with this show is that I you always end up finding out that you have a lot more in common than with people than than you would think and that all of us have our fucked up shit. 
and sat talks a lot about a lot of fucked up shit and and i think this is going to be like an hour conversation that uh you're going to be very into and intrigued by because i know that i was and um i don't know i don't want to spoil anything but his childhood was tumultuous and I, i'm very grateful that he did this interview and and like i said it was like a healing thing because i think like uh we understand each other a little better now. And, uh, he opened up a lot and, and I always appreciate when people open up because honesty is what makes these so interesting to listen to. So without further ado, let's get into the conversation with satire on kind of neat. Have you ever like had a lineup? I feel like I've always seen you with long hair. I've had long hair since I was shit. Since I was sixteen, since I graduated high school. You just always I, kept it long. Since then, how but, come? You know what? It was probably started off as like rebellion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I never could. Like mm-hmm. my mama, she's a cosmetologist, mm-hmm. so like she's on it on the hair and the fingernails, like yeah. fingernails clipped, hair manicured and fucking looking tight you know what i'm saying so growing up you always had short hair growing up i had short curly hair or a fade yeah she never would let me grow it past a certain length that the curls were like unmanageable when you had had a fade would would you you, yeah would you like kind of let it stand up like a gumby or would you caesar it I would just throw the gel in it, and yeah. it would be just hella curly on the Wait, top oh, with the yeah, fade yeah, on the yeah. sides. You like know a real, like an R&B motherfucker. Like straight Montel Jordan, straight, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. This is how we do it. That this is how we do it. Exactly. That, that's, I think it was called the This Is How We Do It. That's surreal. Like, shit, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so that was, I was on that up until the time I was, like, 14, 15, and then, like, when I finally, like... I graduated high school at 16 because I, I started school early. Oh, really? So, Why, you're just like mad smart? Like you started when you were three or That's what, what they said. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I started when I was three. It was my mom's. No, you did. You started Brad. when you were five and then they no, just skipped you some grades. Trust me, trust me. They actually tried to skip me. But look, my yeah. mama, she made a fake. She got a fake birth certificate made yeah. saying that I was born in Sweden huh. because she was trying to get me in school early yeah. because... She said that I was reading and I was only three years old. Yeah. But they wouldn't let me in school or even daycare without being five. Uh-huh. So she just got a fucking a hood ass fake photocopied birth certificate really? saying that I was born in Sweden because I'm I'm a quarter Swedish. Really? My pops is black and Swedish and then my mom is black. Oh, so your mom. Oh, so you're 75 percent black. Is I'm, that what it is? Well, oh, wait, your, my, your, my, your mom, is a, my mom is a bunch of shit, but she's yeah. mostly black. OK. And then my, my pops is black but he's also Italian and Swedish. No so, shit. Yeah, oh, so, so he's like so he's like half white half black and exactly. mom is like the a big mixture is a, is of everything of shit, but, but identifies mostly as exactly. black. Yeah. Exactly. I always figured you had one white parent and one black parent. That's Shows usually I, how it goes. And here, I've, know, I've known you for like 10 years, and I didn't know yeah, that. No, it's real. Yeah. yeah. yeah my, so my mom is mostly black, but she's like Ethiopian, fucking Native American, as as every black would claim. But yeah. she's she's like... Oh, your great-great-great-great-grandmother, you know Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So she's Ethiopian, like Indian, and some other shit and then my, yeah. my pops is black and Swedish and Italian and then that makes you light skinned dude as fuck <laughs> with the with the hair that you gotta the, put the fucking yeah. headphones on from the back <laughs> yeah yeah so you started school at the age of three wait were you born in LA yeah I was born in Bellflower where's that it's East like kind of like Lake Lakewood, Long Beach. Oh yeah, Long yeah, Beach. Yeah. Okay, it's okay. right. It's right over there, right yeah, over there, yeah, neighborhood yeah. city. Yeah. I was born in Bellflower, yeah. and um, I lived there with my mom and my grandma until the time I was about about three. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
they just fucking and then put you me guys in school. To Sweden. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> as far as as far as America knew, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what happened. So you grow up in Bellflower. Well, how how did your mom and dad meet? Shit. Like were they both they was just out in Bellflower? Sussers. They oh. were sussing. Yeah, yeah. My mom, well, my, my pops, he went to Carson High. Okay. He was a fucking hooper at Carson. Okay. And my mama. She went to Cerritos, okay, and they're kind of rival schools, but that was it was kind of you know the yeah. rival schools is always the most popping school right, right, right. to go to, right, right. So they went to rival schools, and he played basketball. So that's how she met him. Yeah. Probably at a game. I'm not 100 percent right. sure, but most likely at a game. Yeah, and they were fucking around. So that's dad's real did. tall or what? Dad was. He died. He died almost. Oh. I'm sorry. Almost a decade ago now. Yeah. Oh wow. That's yeah, it's it's crazy, man. How did um, what happened? He had a heart attack. He was oh, thirty eight yeah. years old, bro, and he had a heart attack. Um That's a, sad, man. Atherosclerosis, the hardening of the arteries, man. It's from from eating bad food, yeah. from doing too many drugs. So from, was he like a know? big dude? I mean like, was, like when you say eating bad food, was he like unhealthily heavy as well? Not, not, nah. You yeah. wouldn't, you wouldn't look at him and know that that was it. But I'm sure you know too much pork, too much beef, right. too much coke, too right. much. You know what I'm saying? Too much yeah. sugar. Well, because the you 80s I mean? and 90s were a crazy time. Exactly, and yeah. that's that's also part of the reason of how my parents met. You feel me? So. What? What's that? <laughs> drugs? Just, yeah, just drugs. They like to party. Saying? They partied. You know. They were in high school partying. Definitely. Really? Definitely. Well, my mom, she's crazy. This must have been like the cocaine 80s, literally. And, and Literally. And in that area. I'm a like, coke baby, bro. Really? Yeah, 100%. Well, and at that time, like it was taking over Los Angeles. Man. With a, with a fury. Um, my mom, she was she was 15 when she had my sister. Oh, my, so, my, my oh yeah. how many siblings older. do you have? Just you and her? Older sister, younger yeah. brother. We're all four years apart. Okay. So my mama had my sister... When my mama was fifteen, yeah, and it had me at nineteen. Wow, but fifteen. That's you know what I mean. That's young. You're a baby. I mean, that's, yeah, that's obviously, obviously. Uh, well, yeah, and that at that time, well, shit. What year were you born? Eighty seven. Eighty seven. So yeah, that was like the that's time what, exactly. And that was the time that like teen pregnancy was a huge issue it was in America. Just starting to I mean, be that, and they were prevalent. making they were making exactly. movies about exactly. that. Exactly. You know, like Brenda uh, got a baby. Lean, and, uh, lean on me. Yeah, yeah. So you know, my mom is a she's just a one hundred percent pure product of that environment and yeah. that that culture. You know? Right. Shit's fucking crazy. So your grandparents must only be like in their early fifties right now. Then. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. My well, my my granny, she's. Mid fifties, yeah, and uh, my my grandpa who isn't my biological, yeah. you know what I mean, yeah. but uh, he's early sixties. You know what I'm That's saying? That's crazy because my mom's sixty one. Most of my friends' yeah. parents are my grandparents. Yeah, my age. mom's sixty. Easy, easy. Sixty one. Yeah, yeah. That's that's so wild. Shit. So she had her at fifteen, and and w- did she stay in school? Like, what does she do? No, she dropped out. You yeah. know, she. Uh, Goes she's, to cosmetology school. Exactly, yeah. exactly. She went to cosmetology school yeah. because that's what she that's what she did. She braided hair and cut hair and put in weaves and you know all that all that shit that she yeah. just already had as a yeah. talent. She yeah. she turned it or tried to turn it into an actual career. But my mom is not the type of person to to show up somewhere on time or to really? <laughs> you know to yeah. do that. She's not that type of person. Well, so. okay. So your folks meet in high school. So your older sister, same dad? Different dads. Different me, dads. Me and all my siblings have different fathers. So your mom was already at it, basically. Exactly. Yeah, she exactly. was She was already at it and has a kid by the time she meets your dad. And exactly. Then, and then he was like, well, let's join. I'll join the squad. Pretty, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then it happened again four years later. With, with a different guy. With 
Donald, who I recognize as my pops. That's, like that's, that's the one I grew that was up around. with him yeah. exactly, and that's my little brother's pops. Okay, yeah. okay, but that's my pops. Yeah. yeah. So Donald's still around though. Donald's still around. He's been fucking locked up for almost the same amount of time that John, my biological dad, died. Wow. The same year. Yeah. That John died. Pops got locked up, wow. and he's been so there since then. It sounds like you have, like, a movie for a life a little Bruh, bit. Literally, I think I have one of the craziest lives, and everyone has a crazy fucking life, but yeah. when I look back, I, I don't think of it as that until I'm telling it to right. people. And then, I, you know, I look back, and, like, literally, I have some crazy shit. Like, right. the, the, in the same year when I was, I was about, what, 18, I was at college, I had no help, I had already been out on my own for two years you know i was trapping just to yeah. fucking yeah yeah and partying it's yeah. college it's not even called trapping at that point it's right. just like a side effect of partying right i was making money because i was the person that had had everything right right and so with the same year when i decided like yo like fuck this I'm, i don't want to go to school i want to like pursue my dreams and shit the same year when i definitely could have used help financially or support wise or blah blah the same fucking year bro my fucking dad dies and pops goes to jail like three oh. or four months later. And I'm just like, that's the worst. The man of the family, like yeah. literally instantly I go from, you know, reconnecting with my dad, which was really trippy too. Yeah. I, I just had recently reconnected with him, kicked it with him a few weekends, like probably like three, four weekends in the two months before he died, wow. which was more than I can really, I mean, I, I kicked it with him more than that, but more than I could remember in my own mind. Right. Literally. You know well, what I'm saying? So your mom is pregnant with you, and do they try to make it work, or was it just kind of one of these things where it's like they were partying, and your dad is partying, and he's like, hey, you know, I'm going to go do my thing? Uh, or did they ever try to make it work? As far as I know, yeah, my dad, and my dad was my mom's love. Uh-huh. You know, that's the one that she, she, she loved Pops, which is, you know, my brother's dad. She, she loves him, but... Yeah. Is not her love, right? From my perspective, and this is the one. Yeah, this is me just speaking strictly from my own perspective, right? Um, From what I've seen, my sister's dad that that was just a a fling. Yeah, my dad and my mom really had a connection. Yeah, Um, although it never worked out because they they just probably both too crazy and they're both fucked up at the time. Even in the you know last couple of times that I seen them. In the same place at the same time. I just always, you know, got that magnetism. Like, yo, like, I feel like, you know, he's still trying to hit and she (laughs) would let him type of shit. Which, this is 20... It's a weird thing to think about your mom, but yeah. You feel me? Like, you always get that vibe. Whether it's your parents or it's your homies or it's... You can can feel feel it. And and I always got that vibe. Like, yo, like, this is weird. Like, y'all like each other. Right. I don't feel like... I've never felt like that with my mom around pops. Right. Or I just... Y'all are weird. Who does the the genius streak come from then? I mean, it seems as though you graduated early. You're reading young. You, You have this... I've always known, like, that you're a very smart person. Like, you're well-spoken oh, and you're well smart said. and you try to hide it but you but you I are try to hide I, I think you try to hide it but you're very smart and i've always recognized that Thank so you. you're like almost too smart for your own good you probably had that problem your whole I'm life definitely too yeah, smart for absolutely i feel that I, which is not smart it's but hard yeah. being it, i'm sure that it's it's hard feeling like the smartest person in the room at any given time throughout your whole life you know what i'm saying like it can be frustrating and so does that come from mom's side or dad's side do you think or was that just like some anomalous thing that happened i would say my dad, he was a basketball player. Mm-hmm. He was one of the top players at Carson mm-hmm. in his 
his whole four years. Mm -hmm. He had scholarships to a bunch of he could have went damn near anywhere mm-hmm. and crack fucked it up mm. so i feel like he was already a genius just in physical what he aspects was doing. exactly right. exactly now going with that i have a younger brother that's only from my dad yeah. that's not the siblings that i that i yeah. mentioned i have right. another younger brother named javin that's from my dad and, and another girl yeah and javin is playing soccer at ucla oh, right wow. now and I'm doing, you know, what I'm doing, music and shit. And it's just trippy. Like, I, I feel like it's kind of coming from my dad. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Even though I really identify with my grandma. Okay. Like, my mom's mom. Yeah. That's my heart. And she's... Does she do a lot of the raising of you then? Because so, yes. your mom, here's yes. your mom at 19 with her second kid already. And then probably also trying to let... Being like, you know, I dropped out of school. I'm trying to get my shit together. Exactly. But also partying at the same time. Exactly. So was she just gone a lot? A lot. She was in and out of our life. We would, we would be living with pops. And mom would be shaky. She'd be in and out. She'd be... Man, there, there were times, bro, where she would... The longest she's disappeared for would be like it was a year. She, wow. she, she was gone. Yeah. We didn't know where she was. Pops hired a fucking private investigator. When you're saying to go Pops, you're talking her. about your grandfather. I'm not talking, talking about, about Donald. Donald. Okay, exactly. yeah, yeah. Which is my. I know yeah. this is like Jerry Springer. No, shit, no, no, but no. Yeah. no. So we, but we lived with Pops and and Mom for yeah. most most of the time. Yeah. But she would be in and out sometimes. She would just dip. No wow. warning. So no. Donald really stepped up. Man, he is he's the greatest man I've ever met. And it's, so he never had he was never touching that shit that 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 your biological dad was No. None of that. I, I don't I mean my mom my mama should be the first to tell you, you yeah. know, she didn't love him like that. Yeah. She did what she did for us, stability for her kids. And yeah. it's fucked up, but at the same time, it's not that she didn't like him or that she did she just she, and I'm sure she loved him, but she didn't love him right. like that. That right. wasn't the man she wanted to be with. That wasn't. Right. But she recognized how great of a man he was. And I'm thankful that she did because that's why she kept him in our life. Yeah. And I wouldn't be who I am without that. You know what I'm saying? What's, what's that like as a kid not seeing mom for a year, though? Very damaging. Very Bro, I I hated my mom. Right. I grew up hating my mom. I was listening to Eminem and fucking relating to it on an actual real person level. You know what I'm saying? Like not like not oh, on some like I oh, got I'm grounded. Right. I yeah, hate my mom. Yeah. No, like no, yeah, like, I hate my mom. Yeah. I don't even know where the fuck she is. She didn't pick up my brother from fucking daycare yesterday, and I'm eight years old, and I have to go pick him up. Yeah. Because we don't know where mom is type of shit. So I, I grew up with a lot of resentment and hatred towards her mm-hmm. for being who she was and not understanding, you know, that people are people as, as fucked up as she treated us. She still is her own person with her own life. And she has her own struggles and her own, you know, of course I'm a kid. I'm not thinking about that. I'm just thinking like, fuck mom. Cause when you're, <laughs> cause when you're a kid, your parents seem infallible. Exactly. Like, like so, that's your, that's the closest thing everything. you have to a godlike character exactly. in your life. Like they're supposed to know everything. So you when know? she's so fucked up, you're just like, "Yo, like fuck you." Like what are you? Yeah. What are you doing? You know what I mean? Well, and so. particularly if you it, like you being a, as like above average ele- intelligence as you were, it must have been even harder to like because I knew what was you were probably so self aware. You're like, "Yo, this fucking lady's like a drug addict," and like this is crazy. Uh, yeah, I yeah. I always knew something wasn't right, but then I eventually 
figured out what it was. You and, know then, what I mean? and so were you guys in Bellflower that whole time when you were a kid or where were you at? We, we moved around a lot from Bellflower, South Central, uh, Hawthorne to the IE, to Riverside, okay. uh, Rialto. In the neighborhoods that you were in, were you seeing other people that were, uh, that were like being hit by the devastation of the crack epidemic and being like, oh, I get it now. Like this is the way that they act is how she's acting. Or like, what was it that put it together in your head? You know, I, I never saw from that perspective at that age. Yeah. yeah. Um, because all the people that my mom would be around were obviously involved crack well. addicts or yeah. pimps or, you know what I mean? Prostitutes or about, so from inside and as a kid, you can't, you don't, you don't think yeah. Jackie is a crack. You know what yeah, I mean? That's just right. mama's friend. That's right. not, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. So you never think of it as that. Even if you do see characters like that outside, you don't draw the it line. Just seems, between, that's your normal. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're like, Oh, that's yeah. You never think of like, yo, right. Uh, what was his name? Jerome. You know, you never think of like, yo, Jerome is a pimp. Right. Or, you know, right. Like, you don't Cause think. Na- yeah. Cause now in hindsight, <laughs> I, like when I was a kid, I was like, oh, my dad's one friend is like a little weird it's, and aggressive. And now I look back and I go, no, he was just a fucking drunk. Exa- exactly. And he was That's always what, drunk exactly. and wanting to like yeah. fuck people up. Like, Which you know now, but yeah. you could never know yeah. that then. Yeah. I'm like, and, oh, yeah, And exactly. that was the thing. Yeah. Right. No, I never, I never knew it. It took, it took a while and hearing my grandma say certain shit and hearing my dad say certain shit. Because, see, we eventually, CPS took us away. Took me mm. and my younger brother, my older sister, away the three from my of mom. You? Yeah. yeah. And luckily, my granny was there. Uh-huh. Otherwise, we would have been split up and been in foster care. Yeah. So we, we went to my granny when I was about in uh, fourth or fifth grade. Yeah. Something like that, fourth or fifth grade. So you end up living with grandmother. Yeah. For Where it. does CPS take you? How does that? How does that work? Like, shit. What, what, what's they that had experience? a showdown, bruh? Yeah. Man, I, I remember this shit. Let me see. All right, I remember my mom had a old school gold hatchback Honda. It was like one of those small like Civics or, or, yeah. or CRX yeah. or a Civic, one of those right. small hatchbacks like eighties, right, right. and it was gold, hella boxed and like small. Yeah. And my granny. Or my dad had bought it for her or got it for her. And my mom, as soon as she got it, she disappeared Mm -hmm. for a week or two. She's binging. You Mm -hmm, feel me? mm -hmm. And then she came back and we were at my granny's. And when Mm -hmm. my mama came back, my granny was just done. You know what I'm saying? She She was fed up with, she was fed up. And next thing I know, they were having a fucking straight showdown in the kitchen Throwing, like, launching fucking cutlery, cutco knives at each other across. Like, me and my, my brother and my sister were, like, in the corner of the room just, like, and I just remember seeing, like, Granny and Mama launching knives right. across the fucking right. room at each other. Just being like, yo, like, this is wild. Right. And, uh, yeah, And you were, what, in, like, fourth grade, you said? Yeah, fourth, fifth grade. Yeah, and, I, was, I mean, dude, you're, you're laughing at that. And now, I know, and I know that crazy. I know, I know that you're laughing at it because, like, I mean, dude, that has to still be like a terrifying thought. It's wild. I, I, I can't even believe like it. You the, know what I mean? like, yeah, it seems... like at the time, that's like that's oh, the shit man. that nightmares are made out of. You know man, what I mean? Of course. Yeah. We don't even, you know, we've been through a lot of shit already at that point yeah. with, with Mama in general. But that was like a real peak. I was like, yo, like, this is, what the fuck? So you know the no- I mean? does so, the noise from that argument get the cops called? My like, granny just called oh, She just called She just called him. Yeah. She, you know. And then what She happens? wasn't playing, you know. And so what happened? Uh, my mom went to jail, you know, mm. for a little bit. Not even that long, though. Just probably on some, like, sober assault up. type yeah. of shit. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Sober yeah. up, assault type of shit. Mm. 
day or two, but that's when CPS stepped in, like, yo, like, obviously this fucking woman is, like, out there, not man. fit. Right, <laughs> you right, feel me? So, right. so uh, we ended up, luckily, Granny and my new grandpa at that time, she had just married Eddie, which is my, my grandpa mm-hmm. now, but she had just married Eddie in, like, 96, I believe, something like that. So Wow. It was a. Uh, it could be a little later, but still, it was right around that time. Yeah. And uh, they're like, "Fuck it!" Like, well, we got to take the kids. Otherwise, they don't have nowhere else to go. Yeah, you know what I'm saying because yeah. Donald pops, he don't have no blood relation with me or my sister. Right. So legally, so legally he can't. Right. Even though he had my already brother, been stepped up, it doesn't matter. Yeah. To the to the, in the eyes of the law. So. Yeah. They had to take us. So how is this kind of like volatile family situation affecting you in school? Because the fact that you graduate early and that you're already a reader and and I would imagine that you were probably uh, prone to like self-educating a little bit. Like you're probably into books and shit, right? Reader. Yeah. Were you lashing out in school? Does that cause behavioral problems because you're already bored in class and then also you're fucking you're seeing all this violence and craziness at home? Um, Yeah, I definitely I got. I got straight A's and was like a, a model fucking student right. up until fifth grade, probably. Right. And that's, that's the time when you start, it, exactly. anal- like you start realizing 11, that 12 smart. and then, <laughs> exactly. yeah, exactly. You start getting that little rebellion streak. Exactly. It's right before you hit your teenage years. You can feel those fucking pubes starting to poke yep, out, you feel me? you know, and then all of a sudden you want to alpha male up or something. You're trying to kiss girls. You're trying right. to fucking finger bang girls in the movie. That's theater exactly what shit. happens. And, and I'm two years younger than everybody else. So I'm even like, more charged because like I'm being influenced by motherfuckers that are older than me on top of yeah. I'm still smarter than half of them but did you know, you know? that you were two years younger or did your mom no. lie to you and tell you no, that no, you were no, no. older I knew oh, okay. but I didn't think of it I never yeah. thought of it yeah. they didn't find out I was two years younger until I was in the second grade because they asked me how old I was and I told them I was this many <laughs> they said well by the time you're second grade you shouldn't be saying this many he exactly. held up a five by exactly. the way guys you feel yeah. me so yeah, that's, that's when they were finally like yeah wait a minute like you've been five for like they're two like wait years. a second he says he's this money and he doesn't know how to tie the, the shoes into two bunny ears like this is me? weird exactly exactly and then they finally figured it out and then they try to skip me up more and my mom was like no the whole point was He's basically skipped, like yeah. leaving where he is. Like yeah. he's already younger than he's supposed to be. Like, but that's that's cool. Like yeah. putting him up more is just gonna accelerate. Like it doesn't need to be accelerated anymore. Right. You know? But I'm thankful that she accelerated me two years. That to me was one of the greatest gifts a parent can give a child. Like yeah. she basically started my life earlier than right. most people start. Right. So I had like two extra years to fuck up in high school. Well, so yeah. <laughs> when you start lashing out in fifth grade, what, what's that about? Like, how does, how do you see the changes in yourself at that point? Uh, I just learned, I just learned how to be funny. Yeah. I met a homie, Noel, and another homie, Sam, that were like jokesters. And I, I just learned like, oh shit, like I could like make everybody laugh because I'm witty and Class I'm clown. smart and I could yeah. just be the, yeah, I could fucking like fuck the teacher you know what right. I mean like I'm not even I'm not being challenged like intellectually and so fuck homework I'm not doing homework yeah. I'm gonna fucking pass the test without studying yeah because I listened yeah same and yeah you know what I mean I, I was exactly. on that same shit yeah, I, you know you're, you're it, the same time person, right, right around the same time is when I decided like oh yeah I'm just gonna like be a class exactly. clown exactly. because there's something about uh, <laughs> that's so stupid but it's so it natural is, it's it so is natural stupid. for smart young men but that's the, you know? that's the other thing too is that I think like uh, 
something about our fucking insecure, intelligent brains needs that validation of like, look it's at one, me. It's one hundred percent. Hey, look at how fucking smart I am. I'm gonna make you laugh it's, right it's now. It's one hundred percent. I was neglected in many ways from my parents. My, my real father, you know, dad wasn't around, yeah. and my mom was doing her shit, and pops was working to try to make sure we didn't fucking die. Yeah. So you needed that I, validation. I needed. I needed that love. Yeah. That's probably why I fucking make music now and fucking go on stage and perform in front of people because right. I fucking want you to love me right <laughs> so much right. it's it's crazy but psychologically it makes a lot of sense no you know? absolutely it does and so that's yeah around so that do age you start when skipping I, school do you start not, not were you small later, were, since, you're, since you're I two years it. younger than everybody do, were you like a lot smaller than everyone were you getting bullied or anything or, or did that make you overcompensate because you were smaller and like you were you a bully like you know what i'm saying like were you did you have to like overcompensate the tough guy shit because you were like a foot shorter from other people well l- luckily i mean i'm a tall dude i'm a yeah, semi-tall at, at dude this point, now yeah, so yeah even though i blossomed a little later yeah i was still pretty much the same height and the same size as most of the the guys that were two word, years older word. Than me. okay and um so so yeah so i never really had that type of problem yeah but as soon as i learned how to be funny or that I was funny, yeah. or that I could fucking make people laugh, and I could draw attention to myself. Yeah, like that's when it was over for the teachers. You know right. what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, it was one hundred percent over. I was passing notes and talking shit, and you know what I mean? Yeah. So were you getting like a lot of detention, suspensions, anything like that? Infinite. Yeah. Infinite. Were, did you skip? Were you skipping school? Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Because I actually liked school because of the validation you exactly while you because were there. i could be cool exactly yeah. so i loved going to class i right. was there on time i was went to every class i didn't do my homework and, and to an extent i bet even negative attention from adults is still like it's still it's attention. still attention no, yeah bro i would make teachers fucking cry yeah i was one of those fucking dumbass kids that, you know what i mean yeah. that, you, that the teachers fucking hate because they're like yo you're so fucking smart and full of potential but you're such a little shit yeah. yeah like you're right. you're just ruining my my dreams of being a teacher because right. i would i want to teach you shit but you're such a shithead that yeah. i can't right. and you're the only one smart enough for, <laughs> you know? yeah. so yeah i was a teacher's fucking nightmare and then my one of my best friends in the world solomon he came along in like eighth grade and he's like my fucking doppelganger type of shit. So yeah. it was just like murder she wrote for the teaching staff uh, from then on. You know what yeah. I mean? They would have to split us up. They couldn't keep us in the same class in the same period. They would just, he was the same type of dude, just hella smart, too smart for his own good, didn't give a fuck about what the teacher said. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so and, you guys were very <laughs> ma- magnetized towards each other. 100%. We clicked up and. For the next four or five years, it was just a wrap for all the teaching staff. Yeah, yeah. Well, so one thing that I've always noticed about you, and I wonder, you've always been good with the ladies since I've known you. And I don't know if that's if I'm putting you on blast with that or anything, but it's like, you know, you're a charming dude. You you always got girls around, et cetera, et cetera. Was that an early start? Because here's the thing is that I know uh, in my personal experience, I was like, sexually charged at a young age and i was like a fucking horn dog from like the time i can remember and i bet that you're probably similar to that and then on top of the fact that like you already come from a family of people that were started uh, early yeah, you know what yeah, i'm saying yeah, like yeah, yeah. that probably seemed the norm no yeah well you know what i'm gonna tell you the truth i was attracted to to females at a very young age because I, I grew up around all females my mom my grandma and my sister mm. were the main people in my life growing mm. up so 
female energy was what I just grew up around. Right. So you've probably always felt more comfortable just talking to women 100%, in general. 100%. I've been the same way. I was exactly. always closer with my mom and my aunts than I ever was with, exactly. with my dad. And so I always was just more drawn to being around women. Exactly. And, and because of that, I got really good at talking to exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. My, my best friends in elementary school were all girls. Right. It was girls. Girls. Right, girls. Right. Those are always my friends. Just because I probably just knew how to relate to them better. Mm-hmm. like, I spent my around. time yeah. around more girls. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the time I hit high school, or actually by the time I, I hit middle school, I was trying to kiss girls and finger bang girls all the time. <laughs> but <laughs> I was Finger bang is like the scummiest yeah, term. Right, it's so right, funny. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. But, but, but I was scared. I was scared to get my dick sucked, and I was scared to fuck. For, Why? Because for, I... I guess just probably I didn't have the hormones in my body, like biologically, yet, uh-huh. even though, you know, my friends were. But you don't lying, think, it, do you think subconsciously were. somewhere it was because like you see the results of what can happen if you, if you knock somebody up too early or something? I don't think I, don't think or, I thought like, about that at no? all. Okay. I, I was not that smart. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was just to me, I was I, just scared. I, I was, I was actually late. Like, here's the thing is I was early to making out with people and all Same. that shit. And I was late to sex. And I was late to sex because I, I feel like in the back of my head somewhere I had some kind of weird morals or ethics, but, or also a paranoia about like something's going to happen. Like, I'm okay. gonna, I don't want to be a fucking teen father. I don't want to f- like also, okay. dude, I grew up in the era where if you don't use a condom when you have sex, you're going to die. Like you're going to get AIDS. 100%. Like, this is going to happen. No, yeah. Same thing. You know what I'm and saying? I never I, listened to that I shit. Really, I don't really think the sex ed is the same <laughs> as it is any, back then. But like, you know, cause I, I feel like this younger generation, they're not worried about HIV at all, but that was a very real fear. And, and that really stuck with me. You know what I mean? But that made me worse. But yeah. I, I never really used condoms. That was like, <laughs> that was like, it was dumb because yeah. here was the thing. I would, you know, I would be macking on bitches. I would be trying to make out with girls. I'd be trying to fucking, you know, finger bang, blah, 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 blah. But when it came down to bitches actually wanting to fuck me, when I was 14, 15, yeah. I wasn't trying to fuck these bitches. I didn't right. know how. I didn't right, know what to right. do. I didn't want to be, I didn't, I was scared. You right. know what I mean? It wasn't until, so even though we're all lying about having sex from the time you're 12, right. You, Everybody swear they've been fucking since they was 10 years old. Right, right. Obviously, you're yeah, not. Right. But, you know, when the homies actually started fucking 15, 16, 17, I still didn't fuck until after high school. Mm-hmm. When I mean, I graduated at 16, but mm-hmm. my homies were 17, 18 starting to fuck, mm-hmm. but graduating. But I was still 15. Like, I wasn't, I was right. still scared of the pussy, bro. I wasn't right. trying to, right. I didn't know what to do. You know what I right. mean? Even though I had girls thrown at me because they older at that age and they're like really Ready. trying to get yeah. fucked. Exactly. Right, and right. I'm like, I could, I could bring it, I could bring it there. I just was scared to fucking capitalize. I didn't know how, I didn't know what to do. Right. It wasn't until my freshman year of college that I finally was like, A, drunk enough. Yeah. And B, she was just fine enough that yeah. it was just like, that's funny. I lost mine my, my freshman year of college too, and I think See? that's a more I think that's a more common story than most people are willing to admit. Oh yeah, man, it's you know one hundred percent. Yeah. And at the same time, what that did was created a motherfucking monster. Right. Same. Well, yeah, it was all bad. It was all because once bad. once you realize like, oh, I had nothing to be frightened of, and then it's like, oh, I gotta make up for this lost time. Exactly, so bro. Bad. And I was just in a fucking oasis of young fresh willing to fuck pussy that's in fucking college that are trying to rebel from what their daddy told them not to do and you're just 
thrust in the middle of that and I'm living on campus and I'm selling pills and I got yay and I got and I'm not going to class. I'm just like straight up my life transformed. You know what I'm saying? So Have you ever crazy. gone to a shrink? No. So no, I've I, been I, recommended to. I, yeah, I, mean, I, I went for, <laughs> I went for a while and the one thing that I learned about myself or that I learned on like some psychological terminology, I guess, I don't know. This is like ten years ago. I'm telling her like, yeah, you know, I'm like I'm pretty like promiscuous and da 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 and I and like I but I also feel a lot of shame from it and this and that. Yeah. And she's like, Well, you know, I have like my my dad issues, similar to like not not quite as extreme as your mom issues probably or, yeah. or, or your dad issues. Let's but my dad took <laughs> off, my dad took off for a couple of years and it like affected me more than I realized it. You know what I mean? Because sure, at the time sure. I went like this isn't a big deal, but but in the back exactly, of my head somewhere it was exactly. affecting. Oh, and so you know, her, she told me like, oh well, these these women, you're just doing that for validation, and you're doing that because you're looking for someone to love you because you feel like somewhere in the back of your head maybe your dad didn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like, Jesus Christ, that's got to be, like, extreme with, with 100%. you. It's 100%. You know what I'm no, saying? No, it's 100%. I, and I turned it into a joke at the time, and I would say, oh, yeah, these girls are just validators. I would, like, call them, you know, like, like oh, I'm going out tonight looking for some validators because I was a piece of shit. No, nah, man, that's, I mean, that's, like, psychology 101 yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Right. It's, it's that simple. It's, yeah. you know, I remember, I remember Mike Tyson, man. Mike Tyson, for one, is one of the fucking smartest people that you, look at, like, See, oh, is there the, we go. Mike Tyson, Don people King holding up yeah. Mike Tyson is my. People is don't the, understand, bro. He's the screen lock on my phone. Yeah, people are so fucking, you know, their minds are so controlled by fucking propaganda and media that that. Anyways, yeah, Mike Tyson is one of the fucking most wise men I've ever heard speak mm. straight up. And I remember watching his documentary, him saying, you know, I used to think, I used to think that conquering as many women as possible is what made me powerful mm -hmm. and it used to make me feel alive and he mm -hmm. was like and then i realized that's what made me feel weak right. that's what made me weak is right. my ability to not resist my ability to not hold myself to a higher standard right and and that 100 percent is that's me you know what i'm saying like luckily you know i have a girl now that fucking is she does way more for you know, stimulating and satisfaction and, and love and care than any plethora of girls before her have has ever done. So it's fucking, you know, it's amazing. But definitely in that stage of my life and, you know, up until really, really just recently in meeting her, that was all that I was trying to do. Right. I, was only, I was, if I met a girl and she was halfway cute, I'm trying, I'm going to fuck her because I, I didn't know, I didn't know any better or any different. And that was the way that I showed my love or or who i was i that's that's how i expressed myself that's all that that's girl. really the only way you've you probably felt Ex you could exactly because you didn't know how to like actually love somebody exactly yeah. so that's how i expressed who i was to any girl that i found her either physically or spiritually attractive right. that's the only way i knew how to how to and when, and when the joy her, of know? that wore off, how did it feel? I hate, I hate the girl and I hate myself. You it, know? it feels <laughs> empty, right? Exactly, because you never want to talk to her again because you're halfway embarrassed and halfway yeah. like just kind of feel fucked up that you've like kind of baited her into liking you. Yeah, when, you when I was you younger like in my 20s, I had a, I had a lot of like... Like, why did I do that? Like, why did I just do that? But at the time, it would feel so... It, would, it was like so... 
you know, it's, it just seemed normal and natural and, and like, oh, this is great. This is going to exactly. be great. And then after, right afterwards, I'd be like, fuck, I wish this person was gone and I wish I hadn't just done that. All the time. But there, I don't know. I don't know what that thing in our head is that makes you do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been feeling like when I, when I think about it lately, it's kind of like, like muscle memory, bro. Like, I feel like mm. we don't know any better and we don't, that's like customary. Yeah. It's like, oh, she's cute. I'm going to talk to her. We're going to drink. I'm going to go home with her. I'm going to fuck her. I'm going to, you know what I mean? But it's it's, it's, it's kind of de- like, it's definitely this image. It's like this emotional immaturity though. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, 100%. Because, it's emotional and, immaturity. And because as I got older, I felt like I started to have more power over myself and I was able to say no to these things, even if it was presented to me on a platter. Yeah. It's like you get that power to eventually say no. I always say I don't think that I'm a sex addict, but I have tendencies. And so, like, I try to, like, check myself on that. Just like I don't think that I'm an alcoholic, but I know that when I'm in a drinking phase, I have tendencies where it, like, scares me. You know what I'm saying? It's true. Uh, I don't know. So did you get heavy into drugs? Definitely, definitely. Around that time. At what point? uh, Around the time I was probably uh, 17 or 18. It It was right after I went off to college, you know. It was my first time completely on my own, even though. Where did you go to school at? At Cal State San Bernardino. Oh, okay. Which I already had a group of friends out there because I'd been moving back and forth yeah. for most of my most of my life from yeah. elementary to high school. So I moved back out there because I was in love with a girl out there at the time, and also I had I had homies and shit out there. Right. So I went out there. See, I'd already been slanging weed and fucking getting off pills in Long Beach in high school. Like that was mm-hmm. just the normal. Um, so. That was my bright idea already. Like, yo, like, I can fucking infiltrate. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I went over there with what I had, and I ended up meeting another homie in the same complex that I was in that had something else that I didn't have. So we just pieced up, and, you know, I gave him my plugs, and he gave me his plugs. Well, yeah, Blow or what? Well, yeah, he, he, oh. had, he introduced me to Blow. Oh. I never fucked with it in general because my mom was a, a crackhead, right. so I just never even that's, got into well, hustling, and, that, and that's kind of like where that's kind of like where I'm, my questioning is going is like, did you conscientiously fear the fact that like both of your parents were addicts at a certain point to be like, I'm scared of this shit? I feel like it um, maybe started like that, but grew into curiosity quickly. Absolutely, simple as that. Because yeah. that's usually how it goes. I mean, for one, it's in my DNA, Hell so yeah. I can't even. I can't even help but be predisposed to the feeling. And so it, with what I experienced with my parents, it started off as, oh, that's fucked up, blah, blah, blah. But as soon as I gained, you know, actual presence of self and self-awareness, it made me the opposite. It made me just curious. Like, mm. why the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is this shit that's, right. that's controlling my mom enough to make her fucking and then, forget about us? And, like, the, and then know? the first time that you try, you kind of realize, you kind of go, oh, this isn't oh, this as is, bad as everyone makes it seem. This I could control this. Exactly. And I mean, I'd say... I feel like I... Uh, how old were you when I met you? Because I feel like I met you in like maybe 2004, I was about to say, 2005. I was probably about 10 years ago. Yeah, like 2004, 2005. So I, I was how, like seven. 17 or 18. So that's the thing that, yeah, you were a young kid and and I feel like I was around the first time, like not around the first time, but I was around when you first started getting into that. Cause I noticed, I noticed like our conversations at shows being different. Like you were, you were just like very like, you know what I mean? Right when I got around into, into Coke was probably around that time. But see Mm. in, in, in college I got into pills, Mm. ecstasy, 
immediately because that that was the plug that the other homie had. I had I had the plug on the weed and the fucking blow. Oh no, I had the plug on the weed and the and the scripts and shit, and then he had the plug on the e and the blow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I had the shrooms, whatever, whatever. But that was the thing is he had the E and the blow. So the E already was, I had that too, but I just never fucked with it. Yeah. Until I got into college situations with fucking bitches and frat parties. And then then I was like, fuck it. I started taking it. I'd already been getting it off. I just never took it. Mm-hmm. And with the blow, I just never even, I just never even. Gave it a gave it a thought, you know mm. what I'm saying? I would mm. sell weed, sell pills, sell scripts, sell mushrooms, whatever, and just never gave the blow even a second look. Mm. And, and until I met that homie, because it was just appealing. It was so appealing at that time, and and the way that bitches reacted to it, and the way that you know the the way you look at parties as a fucking eighteen, nineteen year old with a fucking Pontiac and blow, you know what I mean? Like that's just it's appealing, you know mm. what I'm saying? So that that helped. I, Obviously the money too, but that helped just aid me being like, all right, fuck it, let me, let me just slang it. I'm not gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Never did it for a minute. Probably like a year later, I walked from my apartment to the to the homies, who was my nigga, but will remain nameless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I go in there, and he just has two fine ass Ethiopian naked bitches walking around. Fucking, he's just eyes popping out of his head. He's like on fucking E and fucking, he's got a mountain of coke spread across his glass table in the living room and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like, this is my big homie that put me on. And I always say no whenever he asks. I always say no. But this day was just that day. And the, and the scenery was, you know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. just, we, we get there. He fucking shows me that the flower. His flower is in a clear in a clear jar next to the sugar and the blah blah. blah. It's in a clear ass jar in his kitchen on the table. Mm-hmm. It's not flour. Mm. It's been there the whole time, it's, hiding in plain sight. Exactly, bro. So he would hook me up with little bits, little bit that day, probably because he was skied out and having a great time with these two bitches. He was he told me that that shit was fucking yeah. full of coke, and right. I'm like, yo, like this is major. And it's coke everywhere, and these bitches are chilling, and he's just like, yo, like, same way he always did. Offer me one casually, no pressure, no, no. He always says, you know, hey, yo, sat, you and him one. Yeah. And I'll just say, no, no thanks, cool, and I did. Yeah. That day, I was like, you know what? This looks fun. Fuck it, let's do this. And I fucking hit a line, bro, and I went. I left like I didn't get I didn't chill because I had to go serve somebody. But as soon as I left, I just remember walking out and it started sprinkling rainy. But I felt like fucking Superman. Like I was yeah. just like chest yeah. high. Like yeah. yo, like this is crazy. Like right. that's what you know what I mean. That's what this right. hype is. That's what these. That's what I've been selling and not doing. That's what these people are coming to me for. Like this right. is crazy, like, right? Because when oh man, when you're <laughs> when you're doing blow in your head, you feel like you're such a better version of yourself, and you don't realize that like if you were to flip the camera from selfie mode into like what other people are seeing, you would realize like that you're the most annoying version of yourself yeah, that you could possibly yeah, literally, be. You know right, what I mean? Like literally. You're, people on coke are the most obnoxious, and you know. Yeah, generally true, bro. Yeah, real generally talk, true, right? Yeah, but it's, but still, it's like, tell me about the books you're reading, man. I want to know about <laughs> art. Like, 
what albums do you love? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what happened. Exactly, bro. And uh, I was, that was, you know, that introduced me to that. And well, this is like the longest answer to the question ever. No, but, it's fine. Yeah, but that was like. You were already rapping at that point. No? I was, I've been rapping yeah, since I was 13, 14. Yeah. yeah. But I. Was that around the time that battles were starting to crack exactly. off? Exactly. Like, it was right before. Like, right before like, I moved back out here. Freestyle battles. Like, uh, like uh, acapella battles. Exactly. Uh, and, and stage battles. This was right before the acapella can battles. I, here, I'm going to tell you something. And if you don't like it, we can edit it out. Okay. But this was like one I noticed that I was like, oh man, I feel like maybe some of the homies are like getting too deep. We were at the airliner and it wasn't, I don't know, it might have been low end, but it, I don't know if it was that low end. But you and I were talking. Which is a normal thing because I've been seeing around, seeing you around the scene for like I said nine ten years now, and we were chatting, but it was different. Like you were in my ear, you were like really in my ear, and you went, "Dog, can you fucking believe the battles that are going to happen this weekend? I feel like the world's going to explode." Ah! <laughs> you, were like, you were like, "I feel like the world's going to explode at these battles this weekend. Can you believe this shit?" And I went, "You're like, nigga, you're high." I was like, "Whoa, Sat <laughs> is like on one." You know what I'm saying? And I was like. Fuck. But here's the thing, though. I didn't know any of that about your history. Like, I didn't know that was I didn't know any of that stuff about your family at the time. Or like, you know, I'm just learning all that right now. So I just went like, ah, fuck, man. The the young homies are like getting fucked up. Like, I should say something (laughs) to somebody. You know what I mean? Because to me, everybody goes through that phase when you're a kid. And exactly. And, you know, being that I was like a half decade older than you guys, I always kind of, you know, you, Jonathan, whoever, Lyra Flip, all them dudes, even though like we were all on the same like uh, on the same trajectory rap wise, like we all met in the same parts of our career. I was still older than you guys. And I always felt the need to like tell somebody like, hey, y'all motherfuckers need to chill out because this only ends bad. You know what I mean? It only ends bad. So. When did you start clearing that up? I mean, it's not... It wasn't like a long phase? No, man. I mean, I feel like it's still ongoing. It's just in different capacities and different... See, like, back in back in college, I was taking a lot of pills. Mm-hmm. I was fucking... just. I was just taking a lot of ecstasy and fucking bitches. Like, mm-hmm. recklessly. Just... That was kind of just the norm. And, mm-hmm. like, I got out of pills. And, I, you know, I was like kind of over that every now and again i might fucking i'll pop a molly if it's good or i mean i haven't even seen any like regular ecstasy in fucking years right but you know i, I still party but it's just not the same as right. as when my whole life fucking revolved around it bro i'll still do some lines i'll fucking i'll pop some pills i'll fucking i i'm drinking as we speak yeah. you know what i mean i'm chilling but it's not the same as when you were first discovering that shit. Right. And like, you know, the first time I did fucking mushrooms, that shit changed my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, like, I feel like a lot of people did it. That, that changed my whole fucking life. I don't even want to fucking take psychedelics all the time. That shit is like Too ceremony much. to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That shit is important and like actual like right. spiritual shit to me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, of course, yeah, we could party, take a little bit of acid, whatever. But that's not my ideal situation, like it, like it is when you're 17 or 21 and you're just discovering these things and these different feelings and these different you know states of mind. You're just like, gimme, 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 gimme type of shit, right? And until you learn, you know, Your how it makes you feel, how what you want to do, what you want to, how it makes you think. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I still, bro, I'm 
I'm actively experimenting with drugs. I, I don't I don't see me stopping. Right. It's it, it depends what it is and the capacities in which. Does it scare you? No, man. Not as much as the thought of what I used to do mm-hmm. type of shit. Mm-hmm. The fact that I'm alive is what scares me because that just shows Why? me what do how you that that that's, that shows me how resilient a fucking human body could be, and you can push yourself to the limits, but you don't know where the edge is. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. What's your relationship with your mom now? I love her to death. I I don't see her very often. She's kind of she's kind of like a ghost. You know what I mean? But she. She'll hit me up out of the blue randomly. Yeah. And we talk, you know, probably just a couple times a month. And I seen her a few weeks ago. Did things ever clean up? I mean, does that story have a happy ending? You know, it's kind of ambiguous to me because... Do you just not stick your nose into it? I stopped I stopped caring. Yeah. About, not about my mom, but about what her personal life that, is that with with whatever her personal life is with her dudes with her with drugs with it doesn't affect me anymore she doesn't take care of me mm-hmm. it's none of my business mm. if she's happy whatever she's doing if she's okay if she's you know what i mean mm-hmm. living a life that's cool with her to me that's all that matters mm-hmm. so i stopped even thinking about my granny still asks me you know you know when we talk about my oh is she still on the, is she and, you know, I, I just tell her, you know, I, I don't know. And I don't care, Granny. That's not. At a certain point, did your grandmother, like, cut her off? Like, that's it? I'm, you're not in my life? Like, did she give her an ultimatum? Um, you know, ongoing. Like, that's yeah. perpetual. Yeah. it's She's constantly cutting her off and, and you know, giving her money the next week. That's Yeah, it's hard being a parent with, with fucking addict yeah, children. Yeah, like, how could dude. you really, like, cut your daughter? You know what that's, I mean? Like, that's the really, thing. Really it's like when you re- – yeah, exactly. Like, it's one of those things where, like, when you hear somebody going through it, you go, you know, this textbook says you got to cut them off and you got to let them hit yeah. rock bottom and be homeless and this, that, and the other. And, like, if they don't care about themselves, they're going to kill yeah. themselves. And That's not how you treat people. But that's not really how it works. that's not how you treat people. that's your family. And people, people are people and, and – that's what I'm saying is the the older I got and the more I learned, I realized that my mom is just a person like yeah. every other person. And it's not up to me or beneficial to me to judge her based on her merits or her lack of them yeah. or her habits or her. It doesn't it doesn't benefit me or help me at all to judge her based on that. And it doesn't benefit her. That's not for me to even care about. Right. All I care about is I love my mom. I hope she's happy. If you're doing good, do you need some money? If I can help you, I'll help you. If I, You know what I mean? I don't care about the other shit. I don't care about who your boyfriend is. I don't care about her. That, that's not, it's nothing to do with me. What's alone time in satire's head like? Like when you're by yourself, how do you feel? You fight depression? Yeah, but you know what? I feel like half the time I'd just rather be alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can easily maneuver in situations, you know, social situations. I I can talk well, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, I could be the center of attention. I can carry the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, it's not that I don't enjoy that. Of course, I, I do. I love that and I feed off of it. But at the same time, half of those times I'd rather just be alone by myself. Mm-hmm either making some music or, or reading a book or thinking about some shit or whatever. Just just because people are very, very unaccepting and very judgmental. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And whether they're outwardly or not, it doesn't matter because you can still feel the vibes. Mm-hmm. And that's everywhere you go. And that's cool because that's how most people are conditioned to be. But to be honest, I would just rather not even fucking be around that. Mm-hmm. So if it's not my close circle of friends or my brother or my girl or my, you know what I'm saying? Like, I try to keep it sparing. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't go out like I used to get, not even close. Mm-hmm. If I do go out, it's, you know, usually for a specific reason, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's usually, uh, you know what I mean? I, I have a reason mm-hmm. to do that. Or I must just step out for an hour and dip. Just because I feel like the energies of people, especially like in our city, is just, there's great people, there's great fucking people, obviously, but I feel like overall, a lot of motherfuckers are just focused on the wrong shit. And, and that's why the scenes and the different, the different cliques, and the, that's why it's just, I feel like the city is suffering in a lot of ways instead of flourishing like it could be because I feel like people are just focused on the wrong shit. Mm. And that's not for me, you know, to judge or to correct or to, so I just distance myself from it mm-hmm. if possible. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So alone time is what I crave. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be alone. Mm-hmm. Any time of the day. Mm-hmm. I prefer to be alone. Same. <laughs> but I, but no, no, no diss to you. I love you, but. <laughs> no, no, it's true. No, I'm the same way though. I, I, I spend a ton of time alone, but I definitely am like um, on this constant kind of uh overly self-aware journey of like trying to make myself feel better and kind of realizing that i'm just at this even keel space where i'm like never really like debilitatingly depressed but never really like uh overtly happy i'm just fucking depressingly even keel (laughs) which is more depressing and i don't know i've never done um like antidepressant meds or anything but i apparently i'm a i'm a good candidate for it but but i've just i I don't know like i feel like even i just don't get that good fluctuation of emotion anymore i'm just like uh i don't know learn to like self-confidence or like self-soothe to the point of just like being not even a wavelength but just a straight line you know what i mean i do bro like no i mean you know, I've been diagnosed like bipolar, like which when I when I was younger, just it was mostly based on the fact that my mom is just crazy too. But mm. I don't I don't know so much about diagnoses of being bipolar or whatever, but I feel like we're just human and mm-hmm. some of us are a little more extreme than others. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I don't know that it's a disease or mm. you know, we all are gonna express it differently, but what I'm saying is I feel like the world we live in and, and the things that we value normally just serve as distractions mm-hmm. and you might think you're happy and it's only because you're not thinking, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're just so fucking distracted yeah. in this fucking, in, in the next fucking, you know, in, in your SoundCloud plays or your fucking likes on Instagram or the money that you just made or the, you're, you're so distracted that, you don't have time to even realize that you're not happy. Right. And see me, I'm a fucking thinker. I'm thinking fucking 24 seven. So I feel like I just realize it more than, than a lot of people I know. Right. So it's kind of a curse because I just feel like I, I realize more that, yo, like this sucks. You know what right, I mean? Like, right. This is fucked up. Or why am I paying this bill? Or I just went to fucking jail for two days, not that long ago huh. for no reason. Literally, bruh, straight fucking racial profiling, Ugh. no reason, bullshit, went to jail for 
two days wow. for nothing. No phone call, no nothing. Sometimes just feel so swamped and so bogged down by this system, you know what I'm saying, that, that, that we're living in that that to me is what's fucking depressing because I don't, I don't work a nine to five. I don't, you know what I mean? I take time to stop and think. And doing that will make you fucking depressed in this world. It's as simple as that. If you really stop and think about it, it's, you're usually going to realize how fucked up it is. You know, although, of course, I try to just, you know, ascertain the beauty out out of every situation and, and just try to appreciate it for what it is. But as a whole, shit is, shit is pretty fucked up. So, right. It's kind of hard to not let's think t- that way. Let's talk about music for a second. We haven't done that at all. <laughs> Wait, what's that? Let's no. talk about rap music. <laughs> we were getting, we were going straight down a fucking K hole of darkness. For real? No, but I, I totally feel you. Uh, but we we've already been going in an hour or an hour, so I want to like spend at least like twenty right, minutes cool. talking about where the the rap music. Cool. So you've been rapping since you're thirteen, you say? Yeah. And what started that? Shit, I was writing poems and shit since I was like. A little kid, third grade probably. Literally, yeah, six, seven years old. Yeah, of course. Um, so by the time I was 13, 14, I'd heard Any Man by Eminem on the sound bombing tape. Yeah. And I just remember hearing that shit. That fucking song was amazing. Like, obviously, you know, I grew up in L.A., so I was already fucking with... NWA and Snoop and DJ Quick and Warren G and just the whole Dog Pound and Tupac. And, uh, so obviously that's a staple. I don't have to say that. Yeah. But when I heard that fucking Eminem song, any bro, man who would jump in front of a minivan, yeah, for mini bro. Bands. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know. You know, no for one twenty did. grand yeah. something in a in and a, a bottle mini, of pain pills and a mini thing is fucking crazy. crazy. Yeah. When I first heard that, I went, "Whoa!" He's like the way that he would <laughs> use um, slanted rhymes was like unlike bro, anything I had heard. Seriously, I remember the day my homie put the fucking headphones on my ear and played me that joint. And I was just like, in awe, like, who's doing this with words? Like, I was a word fiend. I would read the dictionary. I would, all that, all the shit that the young MC, you yeah. know what I mean? Of course. Wait, one more that. thing about any man when he says, something, 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 I get crazy, my daughter scribbled. Or I get weeded. My, my daughter, daughter scribbled over that rhyme. I couldn't read it. it. Yeah, That's that just amazing. the next level creativity, right, bro, right. that you had never heard up to that point. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. That song so, was crazy. Okay, sorry. Go yeah. ahead. No, exactly. Thank you for highlighting that because that's... Yeah, that was just hearing that song was just like there's shit you could do. That made me yeah. realize there's shit you could do with words. And hearing that song just made me be like, yo, these little like stupid raps I got like yeah. are terrible. Like yeah. <laughs> I gotta I I gotta be way better if I'm gonna so when do you start going to like the Project Bloat and everything? Because that's how I met you through all the youngest gen, you, kind of the last generation of Bloatians. Literally, bro. Yeah. Like it was shortly after that because I was living in Long Beach. Me and Pops and Chris, my younger brother, moved out to Long Beach, just us three. And my homie Randy had just got his permit, and his Pops had a motherfucking blue minivan that randy was using to learn how to drive type of shit randy mm-hmm. had just turned 16 got his permit any man that would jump in randy's minivan it, no, like <laughs> literally bro <laughs> sorry i'm, I'm sure we probably even said that shit at some point in time man i'm funny. telling you we fucking probably spun that song a thousand yeah. times in that van right but every every thursday this nigga randy would come and meet me on my corner 
at 11 p.m. sharp. You know what I mean? And he would give me the 10-minute fucking grace period, which basically means I have to sneak out of the house unnoticed to go meet Randy or Randy leaves just not, you know, to not burn the spot. So, bruh, I don't know how the fuck it happened. I never got caught. I don't know how it fucking happened. We would just dip out 11 p.m. every Thursday night for like three years. Go kick it with James and Kel and fucking Peter XI and fucking yeah. Bo Rat. And, you, already, you know, mm. you already know everybody, bro. Mm. SP and, you know, I, I met them down there mm. because Randy had knew about the blow because he was already listening to fellowship and shit like that so he's like yo like we got to go to this place Mm -hmm. and then you know what i don't know how this i don't know how this even came about but i remember talking to kale on aim when Mm -hmm. that shit was popping oh yeah ever fucking with aim dude so (laughs) so many of my rap friendships were developed through aim seriously bro seriously so when aim was popping i don't even know how it came about probably through myspace or some shit but kale Hit me on AIM like yeah. Th- his name, his AIM name is like John Boo Boo or something. Yes, <laughs> like bro, something, something stupid, yeah, something yeah, mani. Yeah. No, you you know it was it was pro Victoria. Oh, that's right. I still yeah. have it. All. I still have it on my AIM list. I don't know how I remember that's that, but so it was pro Victoria. Wow. And I remember him hitting me up after hearing something that I posted or something. He was like, "Yo, like you're tight. Like how old are you?" You know, I told him I was like fourteen or something at the time. Yeah. He's like, "What? Like, yeah. are you serious?" And he's like, "Yo." I don't know, I don't know how, but you need to come here. Right. And he told us about the blow. He's like, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you need to come here. And me and Randy were there that fucking week and met them and ended up going every Thursday. Damn near every fucking Thursday for like three or four years in a row. Wow. Never getting caught. Yeah. Coming back home at 3 a.m., fully clothed, hopping in my bed, put my fucking cover over my head, and my pops knock on the door, coming, hey, you go to school, I'm like already fully clothed, but he can't see it. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. Oh, I'm waking up. Oh, yeah. Did school that day. You know what right, I mean? Right. <laughs> like, that's when I started ditching school. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah. high school. And we went there. We we just went to the blood and that shit. That's what started everything. What was the sense of camaraderie like there at the time? <sighs> I mean, there would be 200, 200 people there five ciphers outside it was the shark tank it was a fucking straight up do or die like situation just to rap there yeah. you know what I mean? like there was no it wasn't a game it wasn't for fun i mean it was for fun but it, to the outsider it wasn't it was like a fucking rite of passage it was like a straight up yo you gotta prove yourself if you're going if you're gonna open your mouth right now that shit better be tight as fuck or you're not even gonna be allowed to do that ever again type of shit so you know i came in there just the young like oblivious like hungry hungry dude that i was like yeah sometimes ignorance is bliss in those situations because like you you don't know (laughs) you think you're tight but you don't know that you're not tight yeah and so you know some people picked up that like you know i could be tight you know and, and they probably just like Felt the felt the hunger and felt felt the confidence, you know what I mean, and and that started everything, man. That's how I met everybody. Yeah, and now here we are, ten years later, you're still doing it. <laughs> this is crazy. And what did you put out? What did, you just put out a tape, right? Yeah, man. LSD Saga. How did it go? How's it going? It's going very well. When did you I put it out? Numbers. I need the numbers back. Uh, when did you <laughs> When did you put it out? Uh, it came out on May fifth. 
Oh, so came just out recently. Yeah, two yeah. months ago. That's two great. Ago. Yeah, so you'll oh you'll just be getting those first round of checks exactly. real soon. That'll be a nice little chunk of change. Exactly. Uh, tell me about it. How long did you work on it? It's been about two years in the making. Yeah. The last project I put out was LSD Prelude, and that was in... 2013 and the last couple of years it seems as though it, these were the years that you kind of like did some shedding and kind of like found your voice because early i mean dude i've met you so young yeah, yeah, yeah i met you so young you didn't know yet you didn't know yourself not at all, yet not at all, not and at all. so at the time uh when you were you know six, 17 18, was whack, when you bro. were young not whack but it was just <laughs> like you were you wore your influences on your sleeve you know yeah, what i mean like you yeah. could tell who it was that you were rapping around a lot because like you know that exactly. you would absorb that and exactly. and that's the one thing is like you're so smart that you're like an amazing mimic if you want to be you <laughs> yeah, know what i'm saying true. and so i think like what i've heard in the new music is that you really took a step back and i think that you took the time to find your voice and like this seems as though your style has has uh uh well i've known you so long that now i would say your style has changed but i would say like you found your style I your agree. style right i 100 percent agree and so you feel good about it yeah because it's you know what it what it came along with is just the entire process of making music. Right. You know, I play guitar, I play a little bit of keys, I make beats. Yeah. I'm making music with Chase and the Hippies and, you know, our whole Chase LSD Moore? shit. Yeah, Chase yeah. Moore. Shout out Chase Moore. Hippie good guy. Sabotage. What's yeah. up, y'all? Y'all already know what's good. <laughs> and our, our just little collective, just, we hit it off, you know, from the start yeah. I knew Chase probably seven eight years ago and then I Chase and the Hippies produced the song The Buddha which is like two tapes ago yeah. which was like my biggest song at that point right. to date and like I instantly knew like yo like this is I like this sound like I like what we're doing blah 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 so I went up to Sacramento me and Adam and we stayed there for two weeks and we just fucking made like 30 joints and yeah. put out like half of them Right. as LSD Prelude. Okay. And um, that's when we came up with the whole, you know, love, sex, drugs, fucking premise, and, and you know, hippie sabotage, and Chase Moore making making the beats, and I'm making the beats, and I'm, I'm playing guitars on the shit, and they're all playing their instruments and, and shit. And it, it was just such a organic experience that was musically way different from any type of, you know, Thing production that, that I'd before. ever seen, you know what I mean? That I'd ever been a part of. It was... Well, and even different from what you guys had been doing before with, like, swim team stuff, like, this sound... They're just bigger beats. Yeah. Like, the beats and it's are... A, it's, are a, it's, a, it's a soundscape. It's, it's a, a song. It's, yeah. it's a... It's just, it just sounds bigger, you know what I'm saying? And it just sounds, uh, I don't know, like, more... It, it just sounds. It just sounds good, man. It's it's, it's loud. It's loud and full, and fucking the beats sound modern, and and you know, it sounds competitive. I guess is, Thank is you, the word. Bro. Yeah, for sure. And that's and that's the whole thing. It's like we, you know, we still fucking have our influence in it, and it's very like rock influence and very you know a lot of punk in it and a lot of shit. But like you said, it still has the same for lack of a better word, just it competes. It, yeah. it still sounds like something you might have heard yet. It's, but it, and it also, but it sounds you know? grown for, it sounds bigger than like the fucking bedroom production backpack shit that we were all involved with at <laughs> exactly. one point. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Um, yeah. well, so anyway, what, you're going to do a song off of it tonight. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's definitely. it called? 
The song's called Skeletons. And this is one of your faves off the joint that doesn't have a video out for it. Most so, definitely. So this will be the visual representation for his Skeletons. This is going to be the video. We fucking pulled out a lot of Skeletons tonight. Yeah, man. This is a, a, a very heavy, heavy conversation. conversation. I feel I, like I lost Jake. I thought Jake was going to come here and smoke weed, but... I kind of, you know, it's funny because like I'd heard murmurs about you ha- having like a, a checkered past kind of or like Whoa, a weird, weird family situation. Like people had told me like, yo, you know, sat, you know, his family life was crazy. And I'm like, that's crazy. And so, so I was expecting that we would go some places, <laughs> but I didn't know we were going to go. Yeah, I, I, I think I'd probably, you know me. Man. Yeah. Now <laughs> I know you. Well, now everybody else knows that's you tight, too. Man. Yeah. So tight. nice uh, to meet you guys. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But uh, yeah, man. So look, look out for LSD Saga on iTunes. Tell yes. the people where to find you online. Man, Instagram is S A H T L S D. Twitter is Satire. S A H T Y R E. Everything else, Satire.com. Facebook, Satire. Yeah, his spelling. Just Google Satire. Yeah, his man. spelling is, is different enough where you could just Google S A H T Y R E. There you go. Look for the light-skinned Nick Cannon with big hair, yes. and, and you found your boy. Yes, <laughs> bruh. I got Nick Cannon. I got Nick forever. Cannon religiously for like forever. It has to be forever, years, bro. It has to be forever. It just stopped. Like I, I feel like as soon as Mariah dumped him, oh. he just got like less notoriety, and now I don't get mistaken no, you, for him. No, no more. you know what? Now <laughs> he has more. Uh, you know who would call you Nick Cannon now is like my mom because she, she's popular. Like he, Nick Cannon is popular with old ladies now because he's on America's Got Talent. That's kind of tight. Actually. He's on America's That's Got Talent. So like old, old white ladies, she's like, like oh, you're you're friendly. She looks like Nick. Cannon. Yeah, because that's how my mom sounds. <laughs> that's my mom's voice. <laughs> anyway, my name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition. You can yeah. find me on Twitter at It's Intuition. You can find my man Ben Shim behind the boards making the shit sound buttery at I Am Database, based with two S's. Follow us as a unit at Kinda Neat on Twitter. Hit that follow button. I barely ever post it, but at least you'll know when the new episodes come out. Do it. We're on a three-week streak. Shit. What else? YouTube.com slash Kinda Neat or slash That's Kinda Neat. Either one will take you there where you're going to see satire perform skeletons. Yep. Download that podcast app. Search for Kinda Neat and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Leave a five-star rating and a review if you haven't already. And uh, everything wrapped up in a pretty package on kindaneat.net. Other than that, I think we said I think we accomplished what we set out to do. Well, this it, is the best interview ever. It, well, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. This is a good interview. This is a, that was quite the story. And uh, for those of you that have been listening this whole time or still tuned in, that is satire. And yes, I am intuition. And this was kind of neat. Kind of neat.